Welcome to T. Rowe Price's Confident Conversations on Retirement. My name is Michael Davis, and I'm thrilled to be your host. I've spent my career working to help people build a durable retirement. It is such an honor to do this work and an even greater privilege to be with the retirement experts we have with us here today. These professionals can help you feel more confident about your own retirement, whether you're planning for retirement or already there. In this episode, we'll discuss the five W's of retirement. These are questions that address both financial and non-financial aspects of retirement. I am joined by T.R. Price experts and certified financial planner professionals, Stuart Ritter and Lindsay Theodore. Welcome to the show, Stuart and Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Great to have you here. I know everybody's dying to know what the five W's are. This is going to be a really fascinating conversation. We know that retirement is a really big decision, and it's one that we know we all want to get right. There are both financial considerations to think about and lifestyle decisions that need to be made as well. So if you don't have it all figured out, we want our listeners to hopefully get some confidence and some additional direction from this episode and just not let that be a confidence killer. This exercise of answering the five W's, we think, can help people with focusing on the things they need to know, things they want to get out of retirement, and give them an idea of what they may need or want to do more thinking about. So, Stuart, I'm going to start with you. People are dying to know, what are the five W's of retirement? Here they are. (laughs) Why, who, what, where, and when. Why, who, what, where, when. And the reason we've consolidated this into five W's is to give people a framework to work from in order to get a more concrete vision of what their retirement will be. Very often, if I'm doing a presentation live and ask people to just close their eyes for a few seconds and think about what they envision when they think about their own retirement, I get answers like travel and grandkids and golf and sleeping late and all kinds of great stuff like that. But it's not concrete enough for people to really think that they have an idea of how to get there, of what the there is going to be, and then the steps they can take today. So as you pointed out, they can feel more confident that they're ready for whatever vision they have for retirement. So we've put these five W's together in order to give people some structure around it. Really interesting. And you mentioned this point about sort of a vision and having this vision around retirement. Why is that so important? There are a couple of things a vision can give you. It gives you more clarity about what your retirement is going to be. It moves beyond just kind of the superficial initial reaction and helps you start thinking through what your lifestyle is going to be, who you'll spend time with, what you're going to do. It also allows you to then start sharing that vision with other people. And that can be members of your family, certainly a a spouse or partner if you have one, extended family, and then the professionals you might be working with, a financial professional, a healthcare professional. And it puts it all in a position that people start getting more understanding of what you're thinking about. You can start getting feedback. You can start adjusting what your vision might be. So having that vision, answering the five W's, gives you that clarity. Lindsay, any thoughts on that question? I would completely agree with Stuart. Putting together a vision of what you want your retirement to look like is essential. And you'll see that the five W's really focus much more on the non-financial aspects of financial planning. And that's because in order to make all the sacrifices that one really needs to make in order to plan and save, I think it's really important that you 
put down on paper and share with your loved ones what you want retirement to really look like for you and what the second and third options are if it doesn't go as planned, because it doesn't always go that way. That's exactly right. That vision is so very important. And now back to the five W's of retirement. Let's start with the why. Stuart, I'm going to start with you. Let me define it. It's people thinking about what gives them meaning and fulfillment. So my first question to folks about why would be, what is your why today? What gives you fulfillment and meaning today? And after you've spent some time thinking about that and understanding it, then start thinking about what's going to give you fulfillment and meaning when you get to retirement. Let me give you a quick story about someone who unfortunately had not spent time thinking about their why in retirement. When we do research about retirement, we do it in a lot of different ways, and one of them is focus groups. And we brought in a focus group of recent retirees once, folks who either themselves or had a spouse who had retired in the previous about five years or so. And the moderator was going around and just asking people to introduce themselves and just explain what their experience with retirement was. And this one gentleman used a word I had never heard anybody use before to describe his experience with retirement. He said, I failed retirement. (laughs) I'm thinking, how do you fail retirement? (laughs) Who's assigning a grade to this? How does that work? And here's what he told us. He said he had gotten to the point in his life where the money was there. He had enough He had looked at the retirement balance and Social Security, what his expenses might be, had enough money to retire. And he said, so I did. I went into the office the next day and announced my retirement. The first couple of weeks were okay. I slept late. I puttered around the house. And then I realized, well, I'm down to alphabetizing the spice cabinet. And now I'm kind of moping around the house. And I'm bickering with my wife just to give myself something to do. I was getting miserable. I was failing retirement. And the reason he was failing retirement had nothing to do with the money, and it had everything to do with the why. He didn't have one. He didn't have something that was giving him meaning and fulfillment in retirement because he didn't even know he should be thinking about it, let alone having spent some time answering that particular question. So the why gives people that context around which it'll provide a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And thinking about the why helps people understand today what their meaning and fulfillment is and then prepare to make sure that they have sources of meaning and fulfillment in retirement. That way, they won't fail. Really thoughtful, Stuart. I assume the end of that story, he went back to work. (laughs) Yes, he did. You're absolutely right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Lindsay? Any thoughts on the question of why? No, that's a great story, and it's very relevant. I think a lot of folks don't give a lot of thought to that. They think a lot about, have I saved enough? Could I financially sustain retiring now? But they don't think about what they'll miss about being in the workplace. They don't think about how they'll spend their time, what they value. And so it does become kind of this thing where one angel on one shoulder telling them, relax, and the other angel is telling them, you should be doing something, because they're going from careers where they were go-getters, they constantly had a checklist, a to-do list, the next rung of the ladder they wanted to climb. It can be a difficult transition. So I think it's important to differentiate between retiring from something and retiring to something. Yes. Some of us want to retire from something because we're just fed up. But we need to also know what are we retiring to? How are we going to spend those hours and make it really valuable? But also how are we going to be kind to ourselves to realize you don't have to get tons of things done in retirement? 
that's the point. And this pandemic has made it, especially for my clients, it's made it very easy financially for some who had already prepared for retirement prior to the pandemic. It's made it much easier financially to really take that leap into retirement. The fiscal stimulus, the market's done really well, both the stock and home market, and also just the healthcare concerns of being in an office, having to go back to an office has driven a lot of my folks, especially my teachers, medical professionals, administrators, researchers who have to be in a lab, many of them are making that decision. And the ones who are most excited about it are the ones who have grandkids to take care of, who have a volunteer opportunity once a week, who do have plans to travel even though they've had to put them off because of COVID. But it's those people who both know what they're retiring from and are somewhat ready and have something in mind for what they're going to do and what they really enjoy spending time doing when they are retiring. It's what you're going towards, not what you're leaving. I just love the way you said that. Really powerful. So let's pivot to talk about the who, and we're not talking about the band. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with you, Lindsay. Sure. So who are the people you're going to surround yourself with or that you'd like to surround yourself with in retirement? For some who are married, obviously a spouse is involved. So you want to give consideration to who is going to be in your life in retirement that you'll have to both dedicate potentially financial resources as well as mental and emotional energy. It's good to make a list of who you spend time with prior to retirement and envision how that might change going forward. And if you think that in retirement, the colleagues you hang out with may not be hanging out with you as much, and that would bother you. (laughs) So perhaps schedule a time with them, a virtual meeting once a month, so that that transition is not so difficult. In that same focus group where we had the gentleman who failed retirement, there, there was another guy who said, yeah, I retired. And then the next Friday at noon, I showed up at my office building because Fridays is when we all went to lunch. So <laughs> I showed up to go to lunch with my work colleagues and they're all looking at me like, why are you here? No, you're and, and he said they weren't explicit about it, but it was clear you're not one of us anymore. Mm. So yeah. it was a different yeah. relationship and thinking about how your relationships are going to evolve when you get to retirement, I think is what Lindsay's talking about. It's not just who are the people and revising that list, but then thinking about the relationships themselves. How are those going to change? And what can you be doing today to prepare for that? We talk in the financial side sometimes about, well, you might only need 75% of your pre-retirement income. Well, if you're married, you're getting 100% of your spouse. So having that conversation with them and making sure that you're both prepared for that or have a plan for it, what is that relationship going to look like and taking steps today to ease that transition once you get there? Very well said. Let's pivot now to the what. And I'll start with you, Lindsay. Sure. So I think this does go back to a bit of the why. So what are you planning to do in retirement? For some, this is a no-brainer. They're going to wake up every morning whenever they feel like it. They're going to go for a long walk with the dog, maybe do some yoga, maybe binge watch the show they've been meaning to watch. (laughs) For some, they're going to go to Machu Picchu, and that's what they've always wanted to do. That's my personal first thing that I want to get off the wish list or the bucket list. It's really important to think about what are all the things you would like to have more time to do while you're working that you simply don't have the time to do. That could be as simple as just spending time with your kids or grandkids. It could be having more time to yourself by just going to a museum or attending that yoga class. 
the what doesn't have to be something spectacular, okay? It just has to be what are the things that you always wanted to spend more time doing that you didn't necessarily get to do. And then I'd say for those who are retired and had an idea of what they'd like to spend their time doing, and it turns out they're not doing as much of that, that's okay. You can always reevaluate retirement is a long period of time, in many cases 30 to 40 years these days. So it's okay to pivot and change that what. Mm-hmm. I love that thought about Machu Picchu and almost got lost in that answer. <laughs> that's <was laughs> wonderful. I can't wait to go. Oh, my you God. you got to do it when you're young, that's too. Exactly Relatively right. <laughs> young. It's got to be one of the first trips because otherwise, exactly right. you know, your joints, they that's get tired. Exactly right. <laughs> How about you, Stuart? Lindsay brings up a good point that you've, you're going to have a list of all the big things that you want to do. At the same time, you've still got a lot of hours in every day. I mean, the classic example is, well, I'm going to golf. Okay, so that's three hours. You're going to be awake for another how many? What are you going to do during that time? So really thinking about what those activities are that you want to do in retirement and what things you can be doing today to prepare for it. How can you practice some of those? If you want to volunteer, is there a way to research some organizations now and maybe volunteer one or two hours a week? As Lindsay said, make sure that is actually what you want to do. And then when you get to retirement, it's an easier transition to bump that up. So thinking about what you're doing today, thinking about what you want to do in the future, and how you might bridge any gap there. The other point I'd make is when I was doing this presentation live once, I had somebody raise their hand at this point and say, I just want to share an observation. And the listeners might be thinking this too, that when you think about the who and the what, very often it's driven by two things in your life, work and family. Who do you spend time with? Well, work colleagues, if you're working, and family, probably for everybody. And what do you do? You work activities and family activities. And he said, I recognize my relationship with both of those groups is going to change rather dramatically when I get to retirement. So I need to be thinking about what are the new motivators going to be? If it's not those two things, how am I going to answer who and what? So bear that in mind. And it helps then to think about what's going on today. And again, how it'll change in retirement because it helps you see what that evolution might look like. Really thoughtful, Stuart. Now let's get on to the where. So let me guess, location, location, location. Is that right, Stuart? Yes, location. Where are you going to live in retirement? The Center for Retirement Research at Boston College did some research on where people live in retirement. And they found out that most people fall into two groups. The biggest group by far are people who stay right where they are. Wherever they were living in their 50s, that's where they live until the end of their retirement. And we can understand why. You've built your network, your friends are there, maybe some of your family is there and people want to stay where they are. The second biggest group, though, were people who moved one time and then stayed in that new location till the end of their retirement. So that's your classic, we're going to look for retirement destination. Florida is the stereotypical one. We're going to move there, and that's where we stay for the rest of our retirement. So think about what were some of the drivers of where you live today. And very often the work and family that I mentioned earlier turn up. Well, I needed to be close to work and we had kids, so we wanted a good school system. If those aren't drivers anymore when you get to retirement, what are you looking for? And from that, do you want to stay where you are 
or do you want to move? And if you're in that second group and you're thinking you might want to move, that's an opportunity to check things out. Uh, practice that as well. Go visit that location in all four seasons. See if you can get an extended stay. Uh, as Lindsay mentioned, there are going to be things you're going to try out. It won't be what you expected, so you're going to shift a little bit and try something different. Where is a big decision? Because it's real estate. It's also something you should talk with if there's somebody else involved uh, in your household. So if there is a spouse there, having that conversation ahead of time. I've heard of one couple where when asked about this, his response was, I can't wait to get out of this place. It's a big house. We got all these empty rooms now. I'm sick of mowing the lawn. I can't wait to leave and get something smaller. And when asked, his wife's response was, I am thrilled that we're going to stay in this house till the end of our retirement. It's got a lot of empty rooms so the grandkids can come and stay over. The family can visit whenever they want. I love the fact that we've got all this space for me to do gardening. I'm looking forward to staying here the rest of my life. That's probably a conversation that needs to take place sooner rather than later. So where do you want to live and share what you're thinking with other folks. That's great. How about you, Lindsay? There is a lot of chatter out there among my clients about where to retire that's most advantageous financially. There are 14 states that don't currently tax pension income, 37 states that don't tax Social Security, nine states don't have an income tax, seven don't tax personal income, and two don't tax wages at all while it is important, isn't quite as important as the lifestyle choices that come to where you live. Where is your family? Where is your friend network? What clubs are around? Is there entertainment available? Are you a mountain person? Do you enjoy lakes or skiing or the beach? All of those types of lifestyle choices should trump any type of financial advantages, especially if you've done the math and you know that you would be financially sustainable in perhaps maybe not as financially advantageous a place, but with all those lifestyle desires met. So make sure to not not let the taxes necessarily drive the decision, just like for your investment decisions, the tax implications shouldn't drive those. Same thing goes for where you live in retirement and where you land. I have quite a few clients who want to keep their house, and they do what Stuart was saying, which is maintain the house that they raise the kids in. But then they also do buy that home, perhaps in Florida, perhaps in North Carolina or Texas or wherever, so that they can have that spot that they retreat to, maybe in the winter months or in the summer months. Um, But then they maintain their friend networks, their colleague networks, where they grew up, where the kids grew up, and they can have that home base for the kids and grandkids. So there's always the option of splitting the difference, too. One quick response to what Lindsay's been discussing. What Lindsay's been talking about is the reason we put these five W's together, because too often people just focus on the financial side. Well, where's the best tax option for us? And not really thinking through the other factors that come into play, the who, the what, the where, all of those lifestyle issues that she's highlighting. So all we're saying is just make this a holistic decision. Take into account all the factors, not just the financial, but also the non-financial, more emotional things. And that will lead you to a point where you're probably making a better decision. You're more confident about the decision. There'll be fewer surprises. There will still be surprises in retirement, but maybe a couple fewer because you've thought through both sides of it, the financial and non-financial. 
Really thoughtful, Stuart. Now for the grand finale and the big question, the win. So what kinds of things affect the win and how people should think about that? And I'll, I'll just say the win for me, before you mentioned Machu Picchu, <laughs> Lizzie was yeah. a long way off. And now I'm thinking maybe I should rethink that. <laughs> but, but Stuart, let's talk about the win. When we ask people, when do you want to retire? Usually we get one of two numbers. We get an age or we get a dollar amount. Mm. When I hit a certain age, when I get this much in my account, I'm out of here. <laughs> and that's certainly a starting point and a guideline for people. At the same time, the when can get a lot more complicated. When we ask people about their visions for retirement, one third of people have work as part of their vision. That old model of I work full time on Friday and then I never work again starting on Monday. For a lot of people, that's not what they're thinking of. And especially if you bake in people who say, well, I'm volunteering, but I kind of put that in the same work bucket because I get a lot of the same things from volunteering, the camaraderie, the purpose, the opportunity to make contributions. And since there are lots of ways to work, I can work full time, I can work part time, I can stop working for a while and then go back to work. I can be like the gentleman who failed retirement. He didn't have a plan to go to work, but he did go back to work. And then if you've got a spouse who's contemplating all these things too, the when gets a lot more complicated than just an age or a dollar amount. So certainly start with the when, but then think about the kinds of things that are affecting your decision about when. What's driving you? Is it the meaning and fulfillment under the why? Is it the dollar amount? What are you going to retire to, as Lindsay pointed out? And until you have that pinned down, maybe you're not at the when yet. So recognize the when gets a little bigger than I think a lot of people initially give it credit for. How about you, Lindsay? No, I completely agree. And the when is one of the five W's that does probably take into account the financial aspect the most. But like Stuart was saying, there's no right answer. There's no right age or dollar amount for when you should make that decision and pull the trigger. One key thing for when is going to be, have you done an analysis and have you figured out what your spending will be? So many of my clients have not really taken any accounting of how they spend their money because for the most part, they're good savers and they lived below their means. But then when they approach retirement, they really don't have a good idea of what they need for basic living expenses, what they want to budget for travel, what they want for donations or for gifts to kids and grandkids or family members. So I think it's really important as you consider the win, to really get an idea of what you're solving for financially as well. But the only way you can really do that is if you've had those discussions both in your head and with your loved ones and your friends about what you're going to be doing and why you're retiring in the first place. The other thing, too, is sometimes we don't have control over when we do that. So if you have a partner who is facing a life-threatening illness, who has cancer, who needs a lot of caretaking, you may be driven to retire earlier. So you want to plan for the what-ifs that aren't quite as fun to discuss. Uh, I also have... Uh, some personal connections to and and clients who have maybe a family history or a history with cancer themselves or a genetic mutation that may make it so that they feel that for them, retiring early makes more sense because they want the most time in retirement that they possibly can. So that kind of emotional health-related decision can also play a role in when you decide to finally retire. 
Let's get deeper into this issue about these unplanned circumstances and when the wind happens at times you don't really expect either accelerated or decelerated for reasons that you can't control. Stuart, any comments on that question? What you're getting at, Michael, is being flexible. I think sometimes people underestimate their own resiliency. And certainly unexpected events happen, things that might cause you to retire earlier than you expected or things that might have you retire later than you expected. Recognize that like any other major life change when you got your first job or maybe went to college or got married, there were things that you probably encountered that you weren't expecting. And we had adapted to them. That's going to continue in retirement. Retirement is a phase of your life, not an event. And recognizing that you have the ability to evolve, to make those changes and adapt to what happens is part of it. So as long as you're coming into it like that and learning about yourself, here are the things I do want to do, here are the things I don't want to do, so I'll do more of the first one, and changing as you move along, all those will help you be more confident and better prepared and react in a better way, no matter what the future might hold for you. How about you, Lindsay? I would agree. I mean, at this point, Folks are spending almost as much time in retirement on average as they did in their working life. So I think it's important to know that the path may change, and that's okay. Be patient with yourself, but also prepare for some of those unexpected occurrences. One of the things that clients are most concerned about when we do financial planning is, well, what if I die early? How would my spouse be impacted? And then the other thing is, well, what if I live too long? If we all knew when we were going to die, Stuart and I would not have a job. Yeah, this would be easy. (laughs) It would be so easy because you would pretty much know, aside from maybe inflation and the market returns, I mean, you would kind of know to a certain extent within a very close range how much you need to have saved. But since we don't know those things, we have to plan for the unexpected. Things like dying early, living longer, possibly having to work longer if your spouse is laid off, which was a common occurrence with the pandemic. All of these things could happen. Make sure that you're financially prepared for it by talking to a financial professional or using financial planning software where you can build in some of those unforeseen circumstances. But also just make sure that emotionally and mentally you are prepared for what Stuart was saying, which is that it's not a destination. It's not a one-year thing. This is a 30- to 40-year endeavor when you approach retirement. So just be prepared emotionally that it might not go as planned, and that's okay. So we've covered the five W's. Implicit in a lot of what we've talked about is that we're talking about married couples. But certainly there are a lot of people in the audience listening that may be single. And just wondering if they should approach the five W's differently than what we've talked about so far. Lindsay, I'll start with you. So I would say that the great thing in that position is that you have much more freedom and flexibility and less opinions that need to be worked into the who, what, why, and where, uh, and when. And because it is only you making those decisions— really challenge yourself to think broadly about what you would have liked to spend more time on doing when you were in your working life. And who do you want to be spending your time with? My guess is that you probably have a close network of friends. Make sure that you've spoken with them about what you want to spend your time doing in retirement and incorporate them into those decisions. And also just know that you will not be alone in retirement. 
The other thing is that a lot of my single clients do consider early in retirement if they're financially stable and they've saved enough because they have concerns about who's going to take care of them if they ever became ill and needed to get skilled nursing or uh, something of that nature. Some of them do consider and start to look into buying into a retirement community or something where they offer continuing care as you age. So that might be something else to consider if you're concerned about who's going to take care of you if you were sick. Well, this has been a terrific conversation. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. So it might be helpful for our listeners to summarize some of the key takeaways from our discussion. Stuart, I'll start with you. Let me start by recapping our five W's, why, who, what, where, and when. And I would encourage everybody to think through each of them for what it means to you today and then what you want it to be in retirement. And that will help you see how things might change, what gaps there are, and give you some ideas about what you can be doing today in order to feel confident that you're building that bridge to the vision of retirement you have. How about you, Lindsay? So I would say, again, defining your non-financial goals in retirement is the most important step toward meeting your financial goals in retirement. For those of you who are... 10 or more years out from retirement, really start to think, I know this seems way far off, (laughs) but really start to think about the things you want to do, possibly, who you want to spend your time with, all the W's, and then write them down. Share them with the people in your life. Write down what you think you might need to spend on those goals and enter it into a financial calculator or talk to a financial professional about it so that you can make sure that you're on track because you still have quite a bit of time to plan. And for those who are nearing retirement, I would say really give some thought to the five W's. Write it down as well because it never hurts to put it on paper. You can always use an eraser. I'm a big fan of mechanical (laughs) pencils. My children will tell you I steal theirs. Make sure that you write it down. Share it with your loved ones. Have those conversations before you retire. And especially for the pre-retirees who are five to 10 years out, I'd say you really want to start writing down what you're spending money on now because it's likely that you're not going to want to stop spending that money. So get a good understanding of where the money goes and how that might change. That's more on the financial aspect. But again, if you've had those discussions about the five W's and nailed those down, then the financial budgeting aspect would be very helpful to making sure that you're on track and ready to pull the trigger when that time comes. And then lastly, I'd say for the retired folks, Be flexible and be patient with yourself. Plans can change and remember that you're not on the clock. No one is judging you for what you're not doing that you said you were going to do or what you're doing that you said you weren't going to do. At the end of the day, everyone deals with retirement differently. So you just have to kind of be patient with yourself and give yourself grace if it doesn't go as planned and then just pivot. So great. Just wonderful. It's really hard to believe, but our time is actually just about up. But before we go, I think it would be great just to have you share a parting thought, next step, so people can get started. And Stuart, I'll start with you. This is a new phase of your life. You're going to learn things about yourself as you go through it. So it's not as if you're putting this vision together and now I have a checklist and I have to stick with it. Go through the process over and over again so that you are constantly making sure that you're doing the things that you want to do. I think that's actually a really good idea. I'm a big fan of journaling. 
So even if you don't necessarily know because it's too far off or it's just too much to think about right now, in a journal, write down your why, who, what, where, and when for today. Just think about what makes you happy, what makes you feel satisfaction and enjoyment about getting up in the morning, what things you don't want to have potentially in your life, because that could be a good starting point for what you would want retirement to look like. And then go back in that journal and be prepared to make changes and even jot down your observations about why those things have changed. Again, writing it down helps you to really put those thoughts to paper and think it through. And I think that's valuable for putting together a strong financial plan for the future. So well said. Just a great, great episode. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Michael. We enjoyed it. Indeed. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Again, I'm Michael Davis. I want to thank you all for listening. Please tune in for our next episode, which focuses on getting the most out of your 401k or workplace savings plan. If you like this podcast, please rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, be well, and I wish you all many confident tomorrows to come. T. Rowe Price, Retire with Confidence. This episode of Confident Conversations on Retirement is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast does not provide recommendations concerning investments, investment strategies, or account types. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific investor and not intended to suggest any particular investment action is appropriate for you, nor is it intended to serve as a primary basis for investment decision-making. The views contained herein are as of the date noted on the material and are subject to change without notice. These views may differ from those of other T. Rowe Price Group companies and or associates. Copyright 2022, T. Rowe Price, all rights reserved. T. Rowe Price, invest with confidence, retire with confidence, the Bighorn Sheep design, and confident conversations, collectively and or apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated, all rights reserved. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated, Distributor, T. Rowe Price, T. Rowe Price Associates Incorporated, Investment Advisor.